Welcome back, friends. Last guy here, and it's time for another basically a podcast. I have a return guest, uh, Matt Bittner, and uh, they are the developer of a robot named Fight, which came out three years ago. Uh, we did a podcast right when the game came out as well. It came out uh, September 7th, I believe, uh, in 2017. It's been three years, and it's cool to do a bookend of this. Is We had it back then, but we, we talked back then before it came out, and now it's been out for three years. And so I'm sure there's like a lot of good questions I can ask here about it. But uh, welcome. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, it is the three. Well, I guess the seventh of this month was the, the three year anniversary of Robot Infight. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I'll get the compliments out of the way uh, right now. It's it's still a solid game. It's still a solid pick now over what's coming out at the moment. Like <laughs> I'd say... Uh, for roguelike picks, uh, this is a really good one uh, out of the last couple of years. And like uh, Dead Cells, of course, is really good. What I appreciate about a robot named Fight and and Dead Cells too, like, but I'll see yours more. Um, it's a game where you can beat the game from the first run because there's a lot of you know uh, play die upgrade, play die upgrade, and you have to keep upgrading until you can finally beat the game. While mm-hmm. robot named Fight is. You can conceivably beat it on the first run and have a lot of fun with that run. Then you've unlocked new things you want to play with and then have more fun with those new things over and over and over again. So I appreciate that because I feel like a lot of roguelikes rely on the upgrade to extend the life of the game. Well, yours is it's just a fun experience from the start. It's really solid and it's just more things to play with as you go. Because I remember the first time I beat the, the Mega Beast was oh by the way people check out i'll put the links in description uh the first podcast when we talked about developing the game and also a video covering the game so you can see what we're talking about you don't know uh a robot named fight is very much uh like this this love letter to uh super metroid it feels a lot like it's really good it's really good roguelike in that vein and the mega beast is the big boss of the game i remember the first one went to the mega beast i had all the drones all of them. And that was oh, yeah, yeah, really yeah. fun. I had so much fun having all the drones just go to town fighting the thing. While as I played it more recently, and there's so many changes, like, oh, these are really nice changes. And I'll go into that in a little bit, but getting the upgrades and the fact they can combine to make new things as well, which I don't know when that happened. But that was really cool. And I just had a real fun time fighting Mega Beast with just all these different upgrades I had then. And I didn't find a single drone. There's just so many... Uh, powers you can get uh, to have an interesting run in this game. So I really appreciate that a lot. Well, you, thank you. Yeah. And I think it's only grown more so like it's basically doubled, if not like certain aspects of the game have tripled in size since launch. Like there's, there's 150 items where I think when it launched, it had like 60 different items. So it's still kind of like you're saying you could, you could have a run that is very, orb centric like you get a lot of followers you have a little bot lots of bots following you and you could also have runs where there are none of those like literally you don't get a single one so um yeah i think yeah i don't know i appreciate what you had to say about the the replayability of it um i've also tried to extend out like you were saying you could beat it in the first run uh very easily but uh, but then you can replay and there's there's endings beyond endings Mm -hmm. and things like that in this new update that just came out um I've added three new game modes. So even after you you beat the game once, you can you can unlock these three new game modes and they all have their own distinct endings now and really like their own unique feel. So 
That's yeah, something just, uh, I like is because of the multiple endings also... After the first ending, I think a bunch of meat comes down, so there's even more meat on the screen and everything. So it does reflect, as you beat it, more things happen, which I think is pretty cool. Also, uh, those new modes, which I'm sure everyone's happy about the boss rush mode. People love boss rush. Yeah, yeah. There's there's always been like a little secret boss mush, uh, or sorry, boss rush mode in mm-hmm. the game where you, you, you kind of play through, and after each boss you get an item. But this new boss rush mode is is kind of the official boss rush and it's all based around there there are a handful of shops at the very beginning and they're kind of connected to the rest of the map with teleporters huh. and as you beat bosses you unlock scrap you unlock uh like all these different components you can use to then go like buy buy new items and kind of outfit your character however you want like the the shops refresh and it has um I mean, I guess aspects of uh, the, the greed mode in Isaac and then just boss rush modes in other games, but it's it changes from more the Metroid feel, it changes from the Metroid feel more to a, um, I don't know, kind of a character building, like you're, you're, you're making decisions about what, how you want to outfit your, your build. Yeah, which is, which is nice. And I think you got uh, 12 or 15 new upgrades in this update as well. So yeah. You've been working on this game all those three years is adding more things to it uh mm-hmm. that feels like kind of a dream because i remember when i was was in uh, when i was doing software when i was in school for software uh engineering uh i just wanted to just add more and more things just keep wanting to add more and more to it and the nice thing about when you have a game is you get to add more and more if you want to you can um uh, are some of the ideas are, are they all you or do you do you take from the the fan base ideas for powers and things or i definitely like um we have like a super active fan base uh, in our discord there's probably about i think 600 members now um and they throw out a lot of ideas um and they definitely get used uh i'm trying to think like it's hard to attribute mm-hmm. specific items to specific specific people because a lot of people might have the same idea or People, people might suggest ideas that I've had for a while, and then I start seeing suggestions for them, and I'm like, oh, well, okay, that, that's, that's prioritized now. <laughs> so it's, there, there is, like, a community aspect to, like, um, not just suggesting what's in the game, but, like, when it, it, it's going to show up in the game and what people are interested in, because there's, there's a lot of stuff that um, I'd still love to eventually add to the game that uh, just hasn't made it in. Um, and it may eventually it may make it in in the form of like a um, a, a sequel or a remake or a mm-hmm. DLC. I'm not sure how the the next content will come out for Robot Fight, but um, I don't know. There's a lot on the backlog, and yeah, a lot of it is community sourced in a way of just like I don't know. People have so much feedback, and there's so <laughs> much. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of cool ideas. This I, I do want to say uh, shout out to a specific Discord member, Rock Cord who um, largely, I mean, the game is entirely, I've created all the pixel art, all the music, et cetera, et cetera, up until now where I had Rob Cord, a member of our Discord community, actually create uh, some of the new robot corpses you'll see strewn around the level. Um, So he's done a little bit of pixel art for that, so. That's cool. Yeah. um, I wonder about, uh, I I was active a couple couple months ago, in that community. And I remember it was very, a very uh, active community and I never left the discord. So I see that there's still plenty of talking going on in there. So that's, 
that's really good to have a community uh, still going years after a game's out and everything. That's just, yeah. that's just a nice thing. I'm curious. Uh, what's the? How, do you know what the fastest time anyone's beaten your game? Uh, I I want to say it's something ridiculous, like seven minutes or <laughs> something like it's yeah. Wow. Like, um, I've I, and it really depends on like which route you take to beat it. But I have seen people. Um, right now, especially since the last update, and it, that's the other thing is like the timing all changes every update because they keep adding more stuff. But uh, wall jump was added as a secret secret recently. Oh. So if you're able to sequence break, you'll unlock the ability to kind of do an old school Super Metroid style wall jump. Okay. And I've seen people reach the Mega Beast very very quickly without ever venturing below <laughs> ground and just kind of fighting him with the base stats and. Um, oh, okay. It that way, and then I've also like the the glitch world. I guess is another really fast way to beat the game. You can start out. So interesting. Okay, that's cool. I didn't so, know that. No. Yeah, I guess as far as like speedrunning stuff, it all would have to be split into weird categories because there's so <laughs> many different ways to to reach the end. Yeah, that's the one thing uh, with any rogue. Like I suppose that's just how it's going to be. Just curious, like how fast? Just because you need lucky runs and all that, and just the right setup. Yeah. Uh, something I don't know when you added it was on the left side of the screen. You have like stats for all your all your things. I don't know when that got added because I know that wasn't at the start. And that is this update actually. That's new to this, oh, that update. this update. I like it. I like that update. Like I like knowing uh, what my attack rate is and my power and all that because it it gives you just a better sense of. Uh, how much does it take to take things out and how fast and things like that? I guess I like more numbers, so I appreciate that update. <laughs> well, thank you. That information's always been there on, like, the map screen. Like, if you hold mm. select and pull the map screen, it was there. But it was kind of large, and it would have blocked a lot of UIs. So it's been moved, and now it's it's over there permanently. And it was added to complement. You probably noticed if you played some, the, um, the champions will now drop these little temporary power-ups that'll mm. just give you, like... Temporary damage boost, temporary fire boost, uh, temporary like speed, things like that. And you get this little meter that'll run down. And that's kind of the new way of balancing out the champions and preventing um, farming too much. Just like hanging hanging out and farming mm -hmm. stats for champions, but also making them interesting. So Yeah, I, I like the champions. I don't, I don't know when you added champions, but I do like that as an addition. Like... Uh, it has definitely become such a, a better refined game over three years. Like, I liked it at the start, too. Mm -hmm. But you've made it better, and that's something I really <laughs> like. Uh, it's, it is a game you can spend a lot of time on, especially if you're a big fan of Super Metroid, or if you just like roguelikes in general. Uh, and like I said before, I just really like I don't have to wait on upgrades to be able to overcome the next hurdle. I could just either get better or maybe get a, a luckier run, or maybe just farm scrap or something. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of approaches to it i think you can tackle it in a lot of different ways you mentioned uh the the i forgot to mention when you mentioned the speedrun thing another new thing in this patch there's a lot of new things is uh what's called race mode it's yeah. uh when you go there there's been seated runs for a very long time but because of the complexity of the game and the um sheer amount of items and the level generation being dependent on item orders yeah seeds could still you'd get largely the same run 
but they could still vary a little bit depending on what you had unlocked, like the items that might appear in shops or what items you start with could vary. And now there is a mode for racing on Twitch where you can check a little checkbox and all that will be the same. Like it, it won't necessarily match what you've got unlocked, but it will be the same across the board so that anybody playing, they'll, they'll have the same run identically. So Over these three years, what's been the funnest part, I guess? It's a very nebulous question, but just... What's the funnest part? Like, the community, uh, developing... I assume not bug-crushing, but... <laughs> not bug-crushing, yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, probably... Uh, I mean, the community's been great. Like, it's been really encouraging at times just to have people that are that are interested in it, and that has made it... Like, developing the game, the, the, the front half, where no one knew it existed, mm -hmm. and I, I was working on it for a year. It's been very, diff it's been very different, and, and honestly better, having people... Um, excited and anticipate, uh, uh, you know, new updates. Um, I think also just um, getting better. Um, I think I think I've improved as a developer uh, over these past three years. Like, if you look at the content that was in the game when it launched versus like some of this later content, especially in terms of like animation and artwork, um, I don't know. It's just better. Like, I I have a better understanding of like what a robot name fight is, and it's just just seeing the game improve has been really rewarding. Yeah, I, once again, I said this the in the last podcast. Uh, the Mega Beast thong, song is so dang good. I I really like that song. I don't know if I asked what uh, how you made that one. I don't think I did. Like, how did you make that song? The uh, all the music was written in uh, Fruity Loops. <laughs> like it's all it's all laid out like just in Fruity Loops with a lot of different um, like free VSTs from. Um, I forget the name. Um, I'll have to remember it. But uh, these these great free to, uh, like chip tune kind of VSTs, um, and then on that song in particular, I did. You'll hear these little voices in the background, like this kind of Ennio Morricone style, like oh yo, like big mm -hmm. big deep voices, and that's just me like layering my voice a few times. Huh. Um, but yeah, I don't know. yeah, hearing that sound from the fight. Um... It's what I really okay, what gave you the idea for the weapons to combine or just abilities to combine because I, when I was doing a run, I got like the fire gun and then I just kept getting more speed ups and eventually it turned into like a machine gun, which was amazingly powerful, which I <laughs> what I really appreciate about a robot name fight is if you grind up, you become insanely powerful and it feels really cool. It's a nice feeling when your gun is shredding all the meat all over the place in seconds. And the Mega Beast itself just can't stand up either. Uh, uh, where'd you get that idea from? Um, it kind of it kind of fit in with the whole design philosophy behind the game because the the notion it's all random. It's this random game where all these these disparate pieces, like all the rooms are hand designed and they've got to fit together um, in a variety of ways. Um, and with the actual power-ups and specifically the weapons, like I wanted them to feel, well, have that similar aspect of rather than designing specific, specific things, it's like this toolkit or it's this, this box of attributes that can all attach to any kind of weapon. So that's why you get, um, 
I guess like you have rockets and then if you get the homing uh, power up, your rockets will start homing. If you get like all these, all those different, I wanted as much synergies as possible. And I wanted like just the programming challenge of designing things in a way where like literally any projectile could have these attributes switched on uh be they homing or certain uh certain projectiles will bounce certain projectiles will uh like fragment into smaller projectiles and i wanted to build like kind of a holistic system that lets all those pieces plug together so that when you collect multiple weapons it's not just like these distinct disparate weapons it's this like whole system and it really gives you this freedom to build i don't know um Binding of Isaac was a huge inspiration on that because they've done a they do a great job of like having these really interesting synergies, especially Rebirth compared to like Flash Isaac, um, and it was really just trying to to capture that. Okay, like my problem is I I never played Isaac because of body horror, which is funny because oh, your yeah. game has so much body horror too. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, I can I I can still make your meat, I can't still make his uh, Isaac's meat. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Isaac has a lot of other I think like disturbing themes, mm-hmm. but. But so they do uh, where things come together in that game too, or uh, yeah, to some to some degree, like uh, uh, you could have homing shots, and there's this big brimstone laser you can fire out. Uh, when those two things combine, your this like laser now bends and oh, targets wow. enemies. There's oh, lots okay. of cool synergies. Yeah, because because uh, <laughs> I don't think that synergy. I don't remember that synergy being at the start. Uh, mm-hmm. Robin fight, but playing it now when those synergies come together, it feel, well, things synergized. They could synergize, but they didn't become like a new weapon. I, I guess. Yeah. Like, like that happens a lot more now. There's more of these okay. those synergies added in. Yeah, because they were happening to me. I'm like, oh wow, these are these become a new thing. Oh, that's really cool. It was a nice <laughs> surprise for me. I like that because I had I got the firebolt, and then I got that the firebolts now when they hit things they'll become like two things, and then funny thing I also got it goes through things. So I actually don't know if it only goes through things and then become more things eventually, but then I got like. A bunch of uh, attack speed, and it became a firebolt machine gun, which was just shredding through everything, and that was really fun. Oh yeah, all those all those power up stacks, so you can have like homing rapid fire, uh, split on split on contacts, bouncing firebolts that you know. Yeah, that's and like every property of all the things you picked up, so. Because like the end game becomes my favorite part because of how silly strong you can get, and also one of my favorite things that you that has always been there from the start is when you do the jump and you spin your your weapons still fire with you so you can be like a spinning flamethrower which has always been cool to me. Um, something I I just really like the design of the game because in a way you intuitively understand uh, what's coming. If I actually don't know if there's more than just a uh, spider bot. Spider-Bot's my favorite power always for some reason. I really like Spider-Bot when he just becomes that little guy. But when you know there's like a low area, I know, oh, I get to have Spider-Bot this run. I'm happy with that. Or if I see a high area, I'm like, I'm going to have like a jump or something. I know that much. Or you'll see a wall that you can't enter yet because it's either covered in meat. So it's going to be, it's going to need some sort of flamethrower ability, or it's more electrical. So you need maybe like a lightning ability. Or you see switches where you're going to have to shoot through a wall. It's like, okay, I'm going to need some power for that. And I, what I like is, if you play it enough, you have some guess what you're going to get as you're going. And mm. it gets this kind of anticipation, like, oh, okay, so it might be the rocket launcher I'm going to get. Or I think there's a grenade kind of thing. Yeah, I'm going to get one of these kind of powers. Or maybe I'll just get fl- firebolts and things like that. Mm. So 
there's kind of anticipation when you play it enough where like, oh, I know what powers I might be getting and I'm excited for that. And maybe it won't be what I want, but still I like that feeling of I, I feel smarter as I'm playing it more. You definitely, it's definitely something you, like, you learn, and I think it's balancing between, like, roguelikes, which are completely random. Like, you, you really don't know what you're going to get from moment to moment. And then Metroidvanias, which uh, counter to that, like, you, you kind of need to memorize. Like, you need to know what's coming, and you kind of learn a, a Metroidvania. And I think by by having those those different kinds of locks that have multiple solutions, you mentioned Spiderbot. There's also a slide ability that can get oh, you yeah. under those things. And then there's a, a buzzsaw shell, which is kind of an homage to Sonic the Hedgehog, where you can roll Ooh. into a ball like that forward and do that kind of thing. So so you know you're going to get one of three or four things when you see one of these gates, but you don't know exactly which one. So it's a happy medium between that um, complete randomness and then that like learning the game and knowing what to expect and knowing how to approach things. It's similar. Uh, similar philosophy is is uh, how items are hidden in the rooms. Um, you don't know which rooms items are going to be hidden. Like you can't memorize a map because the maps are completely random. But the rooms are designed in such a way where once you know where a secret item is in a type of room, you're going to know where it is the next time that room shows up. So it's it it's trying to mix those two pretty disparate ideas. I think for like Virginia. Personally, I think it's a really good mix. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to blow smoke. Like, I just really like the game. <laughs> and yeah, what you just said is eventually I got to, got to the sense of like, okay, if there's like a crack kind of thing in the wall, I know this is where the secret's going to be. Or like there's a weird looking pillar in this wall. Like, I know that's where it's going to be kind of thing. Sometimes it's right under my feet and I don't realize it because I shoot everywhere and I'm not hitting the one spot it's at. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's not perfect. There are definitely some that are uh, maybe feel a little unfair. I've tried to correct. That's another thing, I guess, working on it for three years is when the game launched, there were a lot of uh, like enemies that might hit you when you walk in a room that were just placed unfairly because I didn't consider that like particular perme- permutation of that room. Um, and I've tried to polish all that up. So I think like I've done a better, better job in these past three years of uh telegraphing where secret items are and also like threatening those enemies so yeah as far as like you were saying the you don't know if it'd be a dlc a sequel or uh does terraria just make you go like maybe i could just uh, update this one game forever <laughs> <laughs> yeah between between like terraria and isaac i do feel like yeah, maybe I could just keep adding. Hmm. Um, at this point, I'm kind of at a juncture where uh, I want to I want to get something else out there. Like I want to get another new game. So this is probably going to be the last ARF update for a while. Um, I don't know what I'm, I'm not going to put a time frame on that, but you know, several months at least um, before uh, physical release. The game is coming out physically, and there will probably be patches and stuff like that. But um, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like I'll ever stop updating a robot name <laughs> fight. Like I might put out another game, and then after that game comes out, return to a robot <laughs> name fight, keep adding stuff because I don't know. I'm just. It, it's a really fun project to work on because it is so expansive. Like, hmm. and yeah, Terraria is a, a big. Uh, 
influence, I guess, in that way. Like, I really love that model. Like, the final update for Terraria just came out. I think that game's been out for a decade. Yeah, at this point, yeah. I play it, it all the time. It's great. It, it's like the fourth final update, too. Like They just no. keep like, this is the last one. No, it's not. This is it's like every time uh, like Nine Inch Nails breaks up. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like we're done. It's like them and yeah. like, how many years has Kiss been on their farewell tour? And just all these different <laughs> bands. Yeah, it's like that. I can't keep saying I just like the game. Uh, it, it is. I just like. I appreciate it. I mean, you can totally keep saying. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely oh, fine. Now I remember, now I remember. Okay, so um, ports. Uh, since you're saying physical release, so there's gonna be there's ports. Uh, you ported to Switch, which uh, I have. I played it. I like it on Switch as well. Which it it should feel really good on Switch after all. It's it's influenced by Super Metroid, and it feels yeah, it's got that feel. Um, did you port? Uh, I only know of Switch and PC. Did you port to the other consoles or? Not yet. Okay. and I'm not sure if or when that will happen. Uh, we've we've talked about doing PS4 for a real long time, but just never found like a a, a good way to do it. I guess like mm-hmm. I mean it's it's been Unity and, and and actually making it run wouldn't be a problem, but just like the the ins and outs of distributing it and doing online stuff mm-hmm. like um, I just haven't broached that yet. But this this physical release is coming out on on Switch, um, and we're working. It's it's me and then then the publisher on Switch, which is HitSense, a uh, company I used to work for. And then there's this, the people actually creating the physical product uh, is a group called Premium um, Edition. And it is uh, JP Switch Mania, who is a YouTuber, and some other folks have all gotten together to start this, like, kind of like limited run, only it's not limited. Like, it will, <laughs> it will forever be available when there's demand. So it should oh, be good. Cool. All right, and that—that's exciting, though. What are you saying? Oh, about I, I said it will forever be available as long as there's demand, and I'm pretty sure that's true. Don't don't <laughs> yeah. hold against me. I'm, I, I'm that's true that. until I think the death of a console. I think then, of course, that yeah. doesn't happen anymore. I, I <laughs> hope to believe that at least. Uh, I wish that was true with amiibos, at least like right. scalpers. Um. I don't, yeah, I wasn't able to ask that before. So what was it like porting for a console from PC to console? It honestly, with Unity, it was not that difficult. Hmm. Um, Like even for Switch, which is um, like porting to Xbox, uh, it wouldn't be particularly difficult because Xbox and uh, Windows are not that dissimilar as far as their operating Hmm. system or whatever. But uh, porting to Switch was honestly, after getting the dev kit, uh, there's a little bit of like setup work but Unity allowed it to kind of just work. And there were a few things that had to be done to meet, like the Switch has some, uh, I don't want to call them limitations, but restrictions as far as like saving data hmm. and like how much, what what all you can do with memory and storage. Um, and the game had to get, I had to adjust some things to, to meet those, but otherwise it, it kind of just worked. And it was really just about making the like, the Switch release coincided with another update, so it was just like I got to focus on <laughs> content. It was very nice. Like, and there's a few other. I guess like for any game developers listening, uh, there's a Unity asset called uh, Rewired, which is far better than Unity's like native input control stuff. And if you ever have to port your game, will help you out tremendously there because you're able to like easily set up 
um, different control configurations for different platforms and even even different uh, controllers on the market and stuff. It's really great. But yeah, it was surprisingly easy. Okay. Because uh, that's also something I wanted to ask is advice for, because you've now have, you've made a game, you've released it, you got a community, uh, it's been three years, you've updated it. Uh, just advice in general for, I get, I guess in two sections. One is people who want to make a game, and then the other section would be people who just released and how they can cultivate the future from there. Uh, I think like... For people that want to make a game, um, there's plenty of resources out there at this point. Like Unity's great, Game Maker's great. Both those are very like professional games are made in Unity. Um, I think like uh, the new Doom that came out on Switch, not the not the newest Doom, but the re-release of Doom yeah. is actually like Unity Doom. Like they remade the original Doom using Unity just because of the cross-platform huh. capabilities. Like that was the easiest way to do it. Okay, um, I didn't know that. Like a big, big shout out to Unity for for starting game devs or or even experienced game devs. Like it works great. Um, and then Game Maker is good. But as far as advice for like approaching the project is like limit your scope for your first game because you're not gonna know. Um, like I don't know. You're gonna be learning and you're you're gonna be doing things in a way you'll want to change later. Like I before I released a robot name fight, but before that, uh, like I worked on mobile games for that company hit since I mentioned for a few years. And even before that had made like flash games and stuff that never saw the light of day that were all, um, I mean, in retrospect trash. Mm-hmm. So like your first few games, like make a tiny game just to understand making games, I think is the best advice for people. Um, just starting out, like, like make something small, limit your scope. Don't make your dream game starting out and but make the whole thing like make the menus make this like make the flow of beginning to end like you can beat it you can all the all the features contained and never get too bogged down on one thing keep it small and save your best ideas for later um as far as people that just released games uh and trying to actually like market them and uh build communities around them I think we found the most success in like um, reaching out to like smaller YouTube channels, smaller streamers, smaller influencers. Like that's really important. And all those people have, I mean, all those people have built in audiences. It's great when um, like uh, super best friends covered a robot name fight and they have a fairly large audience. That was, that was wonderful. Like that, that helped the game out a lot, but really the community has been built by, um, like reaching out to independent content creators and never, I, I would, I would recommend like never be stingy with your review codes. Uh, if, especially if there's not much hype around your game, because there wasn't a lot of hype around a robot name fight when it first came out. Like we had, um, we, I, I put forth a little bit of money to have like a PR team send out some press releases and things like that. And I would recommend doing that. Like if you have a budget figure in the marketing aspect of that, like, set aside some money for marketing because your game's not going to sell if no one knows it exists. But beyond that, like doing, reaching out to content creators, even no matter what the size of their channel or um, like their network of, of people they, they reach, like it's, it's really important to do that, I think. Because that's how you start building like a good tight-knit community, I think. I think that's good advice in general for uh, a lot of things. Okay, 
So uh, going back to like Terraria and just making more and more to it, um, I feel like that that feels like kind of like just the thing of creation, creation, being creative. Like when you find something you really like, you just want to keep building it up and up. Like, like, like people who just keep writing books in the same universe or uh, things <laughs> like that. You just keep building it up because well, you like this place and. So, like you're saying, you maybe make another game, and then you want to come back to Robot Name Fight and do more with it. That that comes to question is like, would you want to do a sequel to Robot Name Fight or progress? I, I haven't gotten the final ending, so I actually don't know what the heck happens. Or do more to the story, or make it a bigger. I I, I haven't tried the Mega Map yet. I'm curious how big that is. It uh, is. Is this it's huge? Pretty large. Okay. It's every like you know how there's the different environments in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally there's four in a run. Like it's all of them all mashed together, yeah, and it has a very bit like it feels very Metroidvania y because you can like areas connect not only to like two other areas but three, four other mm-hmm. like environments, and you can all like I I had to rewrite a lot of the map code to do that. Um, it's, as uh... far as the mentioned the, like a sequel versus expanding the original robot name fight i have been considering like a robot name fight's great i keep working on it because it's it's kind of a game about making games like any con like platformers metroidvanias that's a very well-tread genre and there's lots of ideas out there and there's lots of like content and it can all be kind of combined and mixed and and uh like explored and 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 remixed in in various ways to create interesting games and like a robot name fight is really a game about doing just that and having like a um i guess you could at this point you could almost call it an artificial intelligence doing that like creating creating games for you to play and creating new metroidvania games for you to play i think to push it further it may have to come in the form of a sequel um, both, both, uh, like programmatically, both like the the mechanics of the game, and then the uh, the story that I guess Robot Name uh, Name Fight tells. I would really like to advance that or like explore that world more, even prior to or after Robot Name Fight. There's a lot of various little projects I've started that that try and do that, but I can't talk about them. <laughs> yeah, this, like I want to ask things in that realm, but I want to like, of course. Uh, go to like oh I can't say anything <laughs> um but as shoot well I'll, I can't mm, I don't know what you can say to this one either but as far as doing something that isn't a robot named fight is there like a genre or concept that you're looking at I can I'll talk broadly okay. uh, not I'm making any promise about what come what could come out but um in the past three years I've added a lot to Robot Name Fight, but I've also been working on various prototypes. Uh, things I've explored are like Metroidvania pinball, <laughs> um, which was which was interesting. I didn't go further with it. it I may come back to it eventually. Um, but like weird genre combinations have been things I've experimented with. Like uh, there was an old Turbo Graphics game called uh, Final Lap Twin that was kind of like an RPG racing game. It combined it, it like the top-down exploring towns, fighting things like aspects of JRPGs, and then like Mario Kart-style racing where you would uh, reach a town and there'd be like some big bad that runs the town and you'd have to race them to, um, I guess, like um, 
unlock respect or cred in that mm-hmm. town. I can't exactly remember the the premise, but just that premise was really interesting to me. And I've been, I've been trying to think about ideas like that that combine combine very disparate genres. I've also been um, I'm not particularly experienced with like writing network code for online multiplayer stuff. So I've been exploring that a little and uh, working with some other people. I've got a very good friend uh, in Spain named Sebastian that we've been playing around a lot with like AI and some multiplayer stuff. Um, And that may make its way into whatever comes next. And then I've got another project I'm working on that is kind of more of a traditional platformer, like very much the opposite of a robot named fight and that all the content's random and generated. And I want to explore that area of like, very intentional, like clean platformer level design. So it'll all probably remain in the realm of something retro, something kind of uh, nostalgic, but I don't know. I'm working on a lot of different things. We'll see which one comes out for it first. Okay. Um, different realm. Uh, assuming you, you play a lot of games, like you, you say you play Buying Isaac and other, other things. Has there been like any other games, maybe roguelikes? Or platformers or metroidvanias where they have ideas like, oh, that's a cool idea. I wish I came up with that and things like that. Or... Um, definitely. Um, I think like it's so it's so difficult at this point because we're in an era of gaming where especially indie games are now drawing upon the past so much. Hmm. Like the most recent game that gave me inspiration was probably Blazing Chrome which is very much like you could call it a Contra clone, but it, it, it approaches Contra in this very interesting polished way. And like, it has um, almost what I'd call encounters. Like every level has not only a theme, but like these unique elements and mechanics, the way they're approached, this kind of cinematic quality, like uh you, you might be you might be speeding down uh like normally you run around like contra shooting guns in the air but there there are vehicles you hop on a motorcycle and um it it, it is now auto propelled forward it's an auto scroller but the way it's presented is just um i don't know i don't know how to describe what i appreciate about <laughs> it there's this uh like holistic quality to it that that it it now feels like a new game and I, I like that element. As far as uh, I'm trying to think of more recent games that have just blown me away as far as like new ideas. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a good answer. Uh, I have one now I want to question about. Have you played The Messenger? I am in the midst of playing it. Uh, I mentioned <laughs> earlier that, that, uh, that, that friend in Spain, Sebastian, that we were working on the multiplayer stuff. Uh, I am. I have started the messenger. I need to complete it. I know. I know the gist of it. Like I'm, I won't spoil it or whatever. But I know. Okay. I know that you end up doing some of those things, and that's really cool. I mm-hmm. like the idea of taking, um, like things we're all familiar with. Like mm-hmm. uh, we're familiar with roguelikes. We're familiar with Metroidvanias, but we haven't seen them combined in that particular way. And I think the messenger does that in a different way, um, combining you know uh different genres in a way that maybe you don't expect or, or 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 just surprising people with the familiar i like that a lot yeah so really good game um different question uh, this would be i think helpful uh, as well as uh workload uh preventing burnout 
things like that, like advice for that. Or, or did you burn out at some point? Oh, for the past three years, I think I've burned out a few times. Hmm. <laughs> um, it's, it is very difficult. I, I think um, working alone is uh, maybe bad. That's a thing I've done a lot. Like I, I, when I made a robot name fight, it was more or less completely alone, aside from my wife helping with marketing and some stuff like that. So like having another person to keep you motivated really helps. Um, I would even, I would even say like before releasing this patch and a little bit after um, I'd hit a point of, of burnout. Like I'd hit a point of just being kind of tired and going through motions, not to say this patch is good or anything. <laughs> it was, I, feel, I gotta, I gotta kind of, uh, I don't know. Um, a new start with it because I'd, I'd been working on something beforehand and this patch pulled me away from it and I've really sunk a lot of time in that. But now that I've moved away from that, like I've, I've started working with some other people on various projects and just having, having a group to keep you motivated, having somebody else to kind of keep you on task is really good, especially like it's a small team. So um, even though, even though I made a robot name fight, like all like completely solo, in, in most every sense of the word, like I don't know that I'd recommend that approach to game design. Hmm. I think um, it's good if you have a very particular idea, but as far as like just getting stuff done, I don't know if it's the best way. Yeah, because I suppose uh, when you get more ideas, uh, there's always like too many cooks as possible, or just you have a vision and you don't want anyone to mess with it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I, I can definitely get very, um, like a dictatorial I think, <laughs> in, in game design. Like I definitely have a, a like it, if it's in my head a certain way, I want to see it done that way. But mm. uh, I think it's good to fight those urges. Like, I don't think those are good instincts as far as design or any kind of creative work. I think, I think the more you're able to collaborate and like see the best in everyone's ideas and piece them together, it's probably better. It's a difficult thing to do. I think. Mm. Uh, do you feel pressure to make another game or I, I don't know how this because like you've made something a lot of people really do like it and uh, is is it pressure to like make a new thing to make a sequel like I don't wh where does it where does it put your head in uh, with just well people really like this and they want either more of it or they want to see what else you can make. It's odd because I think the people that really like a robot named Fight like really like it, especially the Discord community, would be happy to see me work on that game forever. <laughs> <laughs> like just never never do anything but update a robot and fight and and i can easily do that like i'd love to do that but there is like i think like financial and like creative pressure to to tackle something new like the games only have so much lifespan and, and a robot and fight still like it's on sale right now i'll, I'll go ahead and plug that is that <laughs> it's still the 24th i'm not sure when this will air but this will air the 23rd, so right before the... Okay, well, this is, this is almost the last day to get it. Uh, go get it on Switch and Steam now. 50% uh, off above. But, like, <laughs> even now, a robot name fight brings in revenue, but it'd be... It's not the same as it launch. Okay. And, like, to support myself and stuff, like, it does have to... Eventually, I'll have to charge money for something. <laughs> it's weird doing free updates and how, how well that's actually worked for the past three years, but... There's, I think that's probably the biggest source of pressure is just needing to have like a new game to sell. Like, yeah, gotta eat, gotta eat. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I guess yeah. Thinking about it, yeah. That of course you you, you have to make money. <laughs> you got to be able to keep going. Uh, especially with how things are going right now. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like there's like a back and forth of well, people got to decide what they're going to spend their money on. Is it going to be on a game or something else? And. But I guess one of the advantages to well working from home is well you're not around a lot of people who can get you sick. Yeah, that has been like in all of this recent stuff with the coronavirus and stuff like that. Like my life hasn't changed that drastically. Hmm. Like I've been working from home for years prior, and I guess I'm kind of lucky in that way because I know like my wife not works from home, um, and a lot of people I know either work from home or have lost their jobs. That yeah. you know sucks. But it's been, it's also been good, like, um, my community, I had a, a, right when this patch was about to come out, uh, I've had this work PC forever. Uh, it, it had started overheating. The processor was just old or collecting dust or just whatever, whatever cooling elements were not functioning. And I've repaired it multiple times, all that, but it finally gave out, um, days before I was supposed to submit this thing to switch this new patch. Ooh. And my community actually came together. And they had they knew about the computer troubles, and they had secretly been trying to build me a new computer. Uh, and they at like they immediately like mailed me a new motherboard, mailed me a new processor, and like the next day I was able to install on the computer. And it's just I don't know, it's just awesome having a community that that's that is that supportive. I've got, I've got people that donate on Patreon, and I think that's the only reason. Like I don't know, you see, I work out of my bedroom. This is my work PC that I'm talking to you on. Um, and it's just great to have, like, I don't know, people that care that much about the game, or even me as a developer, to, like, help me out in that way. So that's yeah. another, like, it's been nice to see people just be generous in that way in the midst of all this. That is a nice feeling. All right. Uh, see, if there's any questions left before I round this out. No, I can't think of any. I just... I will say one more time, I really enjoy the game. <laughs> I appreciate like, it, man. I'll, I'll probably play it some more later, because I, I need to get that third ending. I don't I don't know what it looks like yet. Oh, I, there's two now. So you got, you got four endings oh, right, to get. Because I think one of, the, one of the modes gives another ending, I think. All the modes have new endings. Each, oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah. All right. So need to get plenty of fight now. Uh, yeah, like ending two trip, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. It's weird, but I, it makes sense. Um. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna that. I'm out of idea. <laughs> no <other> questions <laughs> about the game itself. Uh, I, I just enjoy it. It's very fun. I recommend everyone try it out if you haven't already. It's as said. It's on PC. It's on Switch. It's on sale. So there you go. And if you need to, you can see our video on it as well. Uh, of course, that is the first version of it, uh, which just. It's better. It's better than that version, which is already a good version, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so the last thing I want to ask is just, um, I guess, what's the most important thing you learned from all this? From, from uh, working on Robot in 5.3s, I guess, um, man, that's hard to quantify. The most important thing. Probably not to work alone. I think I think <laughs> as much as I love doing it and as much as it was able to be this pure like expression of exactly what I had in mind, like it was also really hard and I've had a lot more fun since the game came out, both collaborating with the community around it and then like 
working and meeting with other developers and talking with other people. Like, um, especially when it's on like my own terms or our own terms, as far as the group is concerned. Like, uh, like I said, I used to work for uh, a mobile, like a mobile game company or whatever. And that, um, not to like bad talk them at all, but like working for a company is very different than working for like being your own independent developer. But that doesn't mean working with people is bad. And I think, I think almost as a reaction of, of being in that company team environment for so long, I wanted to just take off on my own and do my own thing. And now, now I think I've learned that you can do, you can, there's a happy medium there. Like you can work with other people and not have to have such a rigid financially motivated or oriented, you know, approach hmm. and development. Okay. Oh, I do have a question off, off this path um, to ask. Cause I, I just remembered after all, you're a big fan of body horror. Uh, yeah, has anything true. in recent history just been up to snuff compared to the old stuff? I, I can't think of anything. Um, as far as body horror, uh, no. Yeah. I don't know. Like, 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 as far as like, like, if you go back and think about the thing or any like old Cronenberg movies or anything like that, like practical effects, just not what they uh, used to. I don't know. They're, they're not used as much. There is, um, there is a movie called The Void, and it's not super recent, but it's a horror movie. I think came out late 2000s, maybe 2008 or nine. I'm not sure. I could be way off on that. Um, but it was kind of a little indie production and it's about a hospital and person comes in diseased and it was surprisingly good. Uh, now that I'm thinking back, that would be, that would be one thing that has an aspect of body horror. I really liked it also has like that kind of Cthulian Lovecraftian like mystique to it. Yeah, it's good. I feel like maybe it's cause practical has, has gone by the wayside cause the CG is what is also part of it. Cause CG body, like, Things to people just never look good. Just has never looked good. It's like it's always too yeah. smooth. It just doesn't Especially look good. You can always like augment. I think you can mm-hmm. augment practical things with with CG. But like, there's been this tendency lately to like just the background, the set is CG, the everything CG. You know, it's people reacting to this balls, and I think that's where you get into that. Like everything looks plastic. Everything looks strange. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know if you're a fan of Star Wars. Uh, like the Mandalorian has shown a good uh, push back towards um, practical while also mm-hmm. using CG. So I'm really curious if maybe we'll get an evolution of that. Or It's also because where horror is as well. Horror is just a bunch of jump scares, not really making you uncomfortable, I feel. Yeah. So maybe there'll be like a resurgence in the next 10, 20 years. Because uh, maybe that's just how things are. They just evolve in different ways. Or I think you... There's been good horror lately. I okay. think there is a tiny resurgence, but I know. Like, a, I, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I just, I know, like, horror is always like a cheap thing, so it's a, it's the the cheap way to make a bunch of money. So, like, Blumhouse mm-hmm. is like the most popular for that, and and I guess doing practical isn't as cheap as it used to be. We can just have someone maked up, I guess. Yeah. Found footage. <laughs> I also feel like maybe part of the aspect is I I know the movies are more moving uh, towards like China and like more what that audience is liking and I know they don't really like well they're like respectful of the dead or just respectful of the human body so I wonder if that also affects things. It so, could. 
hadn't considered that as far as like appealing to international audience and how that might impact horror. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a good but, thought. Yeah, but like uh, America, they just they just love horror movies. They they'll they'll come out like uh, not in, not in droves, but there's there's that base that will always come out for them. So yeah, like you're you're insidious. As you you mentioned Blumhouse, and yeah, that's yeah. kind of the, the jump scare. Tense, like there's a formula to it, and yeah. like I enjoy some of that stuff. Like it's fine, but yeah, it's not that deeply disturbed. Like I don't know, it doesn't do the what what I guess like old films like The Exorcist or the thing did. Yeah. Um, it's different if it's a different thing. Um, I do I do want to like say I like as far as horror movies, uh, like Ari Aster's stuff, uh, Midsummer and Hereditary. Uh, oh are both really disturbing movies. Like, I do think they, they kind of got understand, And it wasn't a jump scare type thing. Uh, <laughs> like, so. yeah, the, I feel like those are more rare, but they are, they're appreciated because uh, what horror is supposed to be is supposed to make you uncomfortable, not just scare you. And oh yeah, those movies are uncomfortable. <laughs> and, and not they like go too far away. Just, yeah, these, these are just uncomfortable movies because that's, that's, they do it right. Uh, yeah, I'm not trying to sound like it was like, oh, I'm I'm so cool. These are what I like, kind of thing. But just, I think those are a, a better way of doing horror, where it's just you really don't want to be in that situation. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 they always have parallels to real world mm. things. I mean, uh, uh, Baba Duke talking about depression or oh, yeah. any of those kind of things. Sorry, I <laughs> I am. Uh, my background isn't like a, my education background is just like a film minor. So, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm come to notice uh, some of the creators I've talked to, like uh, film, it's either film or art is, is a background, part of the background. And luckily I watch a lot of movies so I can talk a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's, that's everything to go over. This was a good talk. Pleasant chat. Uh, yeah. I will say it one last time. I really like the game. Everyone check it out. I, it's there's that like once you cry wolf enough times, no one looks out for the wolf anymore. I, that's probably what I'm doing right now. Saying it's a good game. You you guys got it the first time. I just say get it because also for some people, saying the other way, you you say it enough times, people believe it. So yeah, it's good. Get, go get it. Go play it. Go play it. Especially if you like Super Metroid. I know people who are hardcore Super Metroid people, uh, <laughs> and they love it. So that's that's a going thing. Uh, anything, anything you want to shout or plug before uh, we head out? Um, just that, uh, I, I think if you said this releases the 23rd, then the game is on sale today and tomorrow. <laughs> you can get it for six forty nine. That's the price of uh, a meal at, I guess, like KFC. Like, it is. Combo meal price. So I guarantee you'll, you'll, you'll probably enjoy the game as much as a, um, I don't know why I thought KFC. I'm in Kentucky. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, low risk, low 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 barrier for entry. So uh, check it out, and um, I've got the Discord, the Patreon. If you're really into the game, check out those things as well. And yeah, so there you go. That I is that is uh, basically a podcast. And whenever the next thing comes out, I, I want to uh, connect with you on that, of course, uh, and so we can talk about that. Uh, thank you everyone for coming to basically a podcast. Thank you to our guests for being here. And yeah, we'll have all the links to everything in the description for the YouTube version. And just uh, one more thing to head out: does does Kentucky hate KFC, or is it just a thing? It's KFC. Okay, all right. Yeah, 
<laughs> okay, I was just wondering because like it's just the state, and then yeah. right, that's it. Thanks for coming by, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Bye.